If you like weird history, true crime, haunted and paranormal, then pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a video component to our favorite Ghost Town episodes at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton, and I'm here with my guest, uh, actor, writer, comedian, stand-up, human, right? Lisa Curry. Sure. I feel like if if I say you're uh, a stand-up, obviously you're a writer because yeah. you have to write jokes, uh-huh. so I just throw it all in there. Yeah, I, th- I feel like comic is a more all-encompassing... Thing. That's how I, I I think actor is I'm as much of an actor as I am like a garbage man at this point. Like I'm not I, I would take a role now that I would take a garbage man job. Um, but <laughs> but you I mean, you do you do some. Yeah. I mean, you've yeah, uh, I do stuff here and there. Yeah. It's just not something I'm like actively. You don't want to start. You don't want to lead yeah. with actor. You, you want to lead with garbage with man. <laughs> you want to lead. But here's the thing is. Yeah. Garbage men and women mm-hmm. make money. They make a lot of money. So that's the di- <laughs> that's the key difference. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know? Well, you're a comic, mm-hmm. um, and we know each other. I think we met at the the, the roast of uh, James Franco. Did we meet there, or did I? Or was it maybe? Before did I know you before from I Phil Rance? Like, I feel like. I th- oh yeah, that that's right. right. That's right. That's I right. I have this vague like a lot of people are attached yeah. to me through Phil, and yeah. I'm like. I don't know if okay. you because I lived with Phil for a little bit. So that's it's like, right. Oh, did you come over and record a podcast? I was doing with them, my my or? previous podcast uh, that I did before this one. Yes, and Phil was like kind of one of the first people to. Uh, okay, but we. Oh wait, did you also shoot? I did a music video for Dana Wickens a hundred years ago. Oh, like for, she did a spoof on a Yahoo. Kesha song for Yahoo. Was it was like it for Yahoo? Sketchy was, or one of those? Yeah, things? it was when she was a Principato. Yes. Okay. And I think, so I, I was feel in that like too. We were involved because yes. that's where I also. I met Kelly Landry. Yes. We were in some weird mansion. Yes. Got it. That's, done. And awesome. I was wearing some weird scarf all, or whatever. This all just came back to me immediately. I, I remember mm-hmm. the uh, the roast of James Franco. We yeah. were both at that. I think I took yeah. a picture of you. You asked me to take a picture of you for your- Probably. Uh, for pretty much. And I thought that was kind <laughs> of like a weird- uh, I mean, I don't know why. I, I really don't even remember why I was there. I, no reason for me to be there. You thought the roast was weird? No, no. I That I was there was weird oh. because I have like really no connection to uh, anything. I don't know how I got in there. Um, got it. But uh, it was super fun. And I had my first cronut there. Oh. They, they give away cronuts at the at the end there at the, the yeah the i didn't have one because i like ran into an ex there and then it was like this whole weird like mind fuck thing and right. so i just was like drinking because i was nervous but then i couldn't eat because i was nervous and i got way too drunk and right. like left with him and it was really terrible like i have more bad memories than good from that okay roast, cool so i'm <laughs> and i'm just harping on this like i won't, and you're like you're no like no the remember roast. that remember the 20 other times we met i saw you at a whole foods and i'm like no no no. i really want to talk about this <laughs> this james franco yeah. roast i really just want to just really i just really want to break it That's down funny. uh um so how, uh, I, I mean i know of what you do as, as a comic uh-huh. and uh you know doing you know stand-up comedy you you tour you uh uh, and I want to get into you did a um, 
kind of a show for uh, the um, PBS. Yeah. Right. Um, so I want to get into all that. But how uh, does one go from like w- where you were to being like, I'm going to do, I'm going to get up there I- I- in front of a microphone and do a very, very difficult thing because uh, there's not, I mean, there's, there's reward in it, but like it's not like an instant like. It's, it's not, not like, like you're uh, instantly skyrocketed to fame or something. Right. Like, you're, you know, it's not like, oh, well, you're a Netflix special. You have to wait right. like a month for a Netflix special. Such uh, a drag. Future, well, what am I going <laughs> to do? Um, so what, what was the where – did, where are you from? How, what did you do? How did you get here? I want all that. Okay. I'll give you the short of it because I'll go on forever. Um, I'm from Indiana. I moved here to pursue acting. Uh, immediately hated it. I just didn't – I don't How like old were you when you, when you moved 19. here? 19. Okay. And I didn't like actors, just the whole, like, people that get really serious about their craft. And that's why I can never uh, d- deal Ugh. with an acting class, because I was like, I can't do that. Like, I just can't be around, like, Yeah, this. and I'm also, like, not... Now... Now I'm more in touch with my feelings, but when I came out here, like, I come from a family that's, like, super closed off and cold, and, like, we don't hug each other, and, like, we don't go to some family members' funerals, just because, like, it's a, it's a whole thing. There's, like, it's just very weird, and unemotional so you didn't come to la because you're like i want to yeah. be uh you know i want to be a, a stand like a, i want to be a comic you came here yeah to be i had no idea so you came here to be actor yeah okay well and also i always loved comedy but i didn't like growing up i used to watch the tonight show with my parents and like i i was really into comedy but it didn't i mean even acting felt like it's like I was coming out here for acting, but I think half of my brain was like, yeah, right. Like I'm going to be an actor who can be a fucking actor which, like, which is stupid. It's just like this um, self-defeating thing. Um, but with comedy, I thought like, I like literally growing up, I thought Johnny Carson's a comic and Jerry Seinfeld's a comic. Cause my parents were like super into Seinfeld and I was like, and that's it. They're just comics, and I don't know. They were just born that way or whatever. <laughs> like, I didn't think there was something you could do, and I also didn't realize, and I think a lot of people don't realize, even even when I first started getting into comedy, I wasn't realizing that there's so many people that are making a living as stand-ups that you and I have never fucking heard of, and I like actively try to remember everyone and like look into everyone and like... There's just, there's no way. There's thousands of people that are just on the road right now in Oklahoma City or whatever, wherever, and it's somebody I've never heard of, and they're making, like, a living from comedy. Like, like garbage man money, or what are we <laughs> talking about here? That's the kind Like, of, garbage like, man money, but, like, without the benefits. Right. So there's and, and, no, and like, the union. security and the yeah. emotional stability you probably have. No from emotional the, stability. Right. And you don't get that, like, sweet truck either. Uh, uh, what did your What did your family think when you're like, I'm going to LA. Um, I mean, they they've always thought I was an idiot, so that like didn't really. Change. They were just like uh, it's typical, like typical well, Lisa. They're like hardcore blue collar, all of them, and so I was like, I'm moving to LA, and they're like, okay, fine, bye. Like they were, they didn't give a shit. But then I talked to my brother a few years ago, and he's like, you know, the reason like that we didn't care when you were leaving, like that we weren't, we didn't like say bye or anything, is because we thought you would be coming back. Like, we didn't think you would make it. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> but then you got on this podcast, and you're like, how do you like me yeah, now? Yeah, I'm like, um, hello, download this podcast, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what was what was like high school like for you? Um, I wasn't like – I was never in a group. I, I felt like I didn't belong with anybody because I was like too much of an – like I was 
an honor student, but the honor students bored the fuck out of me. So I hung out with a lot of kids who like ended up in jail or dead. Um, like like people like addicted to cigarettes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like cigarette like, addicted people. People who were like dealing weed in Northwest Indiana yeah. when we were like 14, which yeah. was like, it, that's the equivalent of like a big city crack dealer. Like yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> it was like, like I don't know, a lot of the kids I grew up with are literally are in jail or dead, uh, or like or both, or, or a couple of them are total vegetables because they're just complete drug addicts. Yeah. But I'm like, that don't those kids were more fun. Like their parents didn't give a fuck what you did. Like you go hang at their house and it was total lawlessness. Where like the honor students, their parents were so uptight and annoying, and it's like I don't want to hang out with. Them. <laughs> I'll what? get the good grades. I just don't want to be around those people. When did you know I have to get out of here? Like, at what was there a <sighs> defining moment? Fuck. I, I mean, young. I always wanted to get out. Like, even I grew up an hour out of Chicago, and for like my senior year of high school, I don't think I went to high school for one full week the entire year because every week I would like, I would either just like not go to school at all, or I would like leave half day. And I went. I had a friend that graduated a year ahead of me. And he worked at the Schubert Theater in Chicago. So I would, like, just leave school and go downtown and, like, go see a play or whatever. Which is also, like, aggressively nerdy that I would ditch school to, like, go to the art museum. Did you get involved with uh, Second City in Chicago? No, I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know it existed until I was living in L.A. And then that's actually how I started... That kind of launched me into stand-up because I was acting and I wasn't really feeling it. And then a girl I worked with was like, "You should do Second City." That's why, because I was I was stalking your website. Oh, you know, I don't like to Uh do too much. I I don't like to prepare too Uh much because I like to uh, be really be curious. But Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted like the you know the PBS thing. I just want to make sure I kind of like had some kind of thing. But I remember seeing Second City, and then when you said Chicago, and I was like, because you you're in Chicago, I feel like you're in Chicago. From time to time. Yeah, I'm there pretty frequent, right. frequently. Right, that's I have why. family okay. just, like, a lot of my friends live in the city, and I, my family's an hour out of the city, so it's just so easy to go back there and do shows, and, like, I have a free place to stay, and, like, I see my friends, and it's, You just go yeah. there and get your big fat paycheck. Get your big, huge <laughs> <Yeah>. fat paycheck. <laughs> I um, just, like, rake in millions of dollars. dollars. And then you, then, you don't have to, you don't have to Airbnb. Yeah. You don't have to stay in a hotel. Yeah. You got that money, though. Yeah. Oh, millions. Uh-huh. Got, that huge, <laughs> got that huge comic money. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so you, uh, did you get in, involved with Second City? Which, you know, my background is, like, I've never done. Uh, I've never done stand up. You know, I've story did storytelling and uh-huh. at, at the UCB theater. I've done some kind of like uh, characters as a comedy. I've never done stand up, but I've always been more in the sketch comedy and improv of Iowa, uh, Iowa mm-hmm. West and 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 UCB. But uh, for Second City for you was that were you like I want to do? Or did you get involved in there to do that Second City thing? Um, I honestly, the reason I signed up was because my friend was. She was studying at Second City here in L.A., and she was encouraging me to do it, and uh, I was fucking terrified of improv. I was terrified, and I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Th- I'm an adult. I should do. I should just do this because it's it's stupid that I'm scared of this, and then I did it, and I really liked it. Um, and how long after you moved here did you do that? A couple of years. I guess it was a few... Well, I moved out here and... Um, September 2003 and I think I started I started Second City 2007 the fall of 2007 like October-ish I think it was um 
yeah, so I was here for a few years before I kind of like started to get my footing. Like I would say the first four years I was here were just a complete wash. It was right. just so like, you weren't were you doing anything in the entertainment biz? Sort of like I I did some extra work and like I was sort like I was just so aimless and I didn't know who to ask and I didn't like I when I first moved here I was like a personal assistant for this crazy actress and she was like Can you say who it is or no? Uh, her name is Kelly Hallahan. I don't think she's working anymore. I think her her um you brought her down. I brought her. I brought down the empire of Kelly Hallahan and her ex-boyfriend, who was her boyfriend at the time, was like a stunt man. I don't know. He was in a bunch of shit. Carl, something. I don't. Who cares? They were so Shout weird. Shout out to Carl. And they had moved here from. Like I had met her through a mutual friend in Chicago, and she, I remember when I moved here. I. I mean, I was. <laughs> I was so. I, I can't even believe how poor I was. Like, looking back, I'm like, fuck. I, I mean, I would go to the gas station. I'd have, like, a handful of change. And I'm like, I don't know, I guess 79 cents on pump two. Like, because I just had no fucking money. And she, I remember her telling me, she goes, you know, I can't believe anybody moves to L.A. with, like, less than 30 grand in savings. That's so ignorant. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I have four dollars. Yeah, I've never had that much at one time. I've ever. never. I have thirty grand in debt. I yeah, have thirty grand plus. Yeah. Like, and it was. Oh, and so she like kind of like set this. I mean, not to like give her all the credit of my paranoia, but she was like, you know, stay away from Scientologists. And I was like, what the fuck are Scientologists? And then she was like giving me all these names of like casting directors to avoid and like other people. And I was like fuck you can't trust anyone in la and i was just like scared and aimless and broke and just how did you survive i don't know i have no idea yeah. like i can't you just do that guess, was right? just so foggy because like i didn't have any help from my family they were like well fuck off like you that's your problem um yeah i don't know the, uh, that whole time is such a blur but then i like like i said i started second city really enjoyed it and then a year into that, I th I only did stand up because it was like a couple of people at Second City had done stand up or like were doing stand up, and I was like, and they just seemed so much cooler for it. Like they were like, yeah, you know, I got a I got a spot at wherever, and I'm like, oh fuck, like I need to do that just to like. Were you because you seem like you were you said you were a little scared to do the improv, yeah. Right? But it isn't taking the other people. That's how I kind of view it. Is uh -huh. like because you have like this uh, th this buffer of other people. But when it's just you and the microphone, it's like you either win big or lose big or, or right. whatever that is. Like that didn't affect you. I think it's the the inverse for me because I don't like here's and I'm still scared of improv. I did. I was on Second City's house team for like a year, and I'm still scared of it because if you're up there with a group, I don't like being silly. I, like. I like being silly when it's within my control and it's and I feel comfortable. Like if I'm around Not friends, I act whim. like a complete moron. Right. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. If somebody's like, "You're a dog," then you have to fucking act like a dog. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not. I'm not into that at all. I'd rather. I'm too much of a control freak. Like I want to be in control of all of my own movements and everything I say. <laughs> like I can't. So you want the all the hard. ownership to be because if because it, yeah. it's it's just all on you. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. I've never had a problem taking fault. If something's wrong, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's my problem. So like, when things go well and you get all the, I don't want glory is too strong of a word, but like, you cash, know. cash, money, fame, cash, <laughs> cash, money, fame, fame, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you get all that, it's like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. Uh, so what was your? Uh, because I mean, I'm kind of asking for a friend. Um, 
what uh, <laughs> curious uh, mm-hmm. what was your first the first time you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna try stand up because um, you don't I mean I guess you don't know like I'm gonna do stand up for the rest of my life you're you're essentially I'm gonna try stand up yeah. right because you could have theoretically done it once and be like you know what screw it I'm not doing this right, anymore I'll yeah. find something else to do uh, what was like what was that experience that was I was auditioning for some to be a part of some sketch group that I found in like LA casting or one of those who gives a shit one of those things um and i had been in like some scene study classes and any time they like give you like a teacher or whatever gives you a comedic monologue it's in the history of acting it has never been funny like any comedic monologue you're always like the crazy neighbor with a funny hat who like believes in spells like it's always it's never it's never funny and so I was auditioning for this sketch group. And for whatever reason, I think they were just a bunch of morons. They were like, all right, come down. It was at, they were holding auditions at three clubs on Vine. And they were like, uh, all right, come down and prepare a comedic monologue. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and I showed up and I was like, hey, um, do you mind if I just like do some stand up? And I just, that was my first time doing stand up was for that audition. And then I got it. And then I didn't, I ended up quitting because they were, just unorganized morons um but like literally the first time i was on stage doing stand-up i was like you weren't doing it for the sake of you were doing it for the sake of joining the sketch group yeah but it was also something that i had wanted to try so i was like two birds one stone here we go and i did it and as i was on stage i was like oh here we go this is it this is what i'm doing for the rest of my life and i didn't i sincerely didn't know stand-up like i didn't i knew of jerry seinfeld like I was like, oh, that guy is a stand-up. And I had no fucking idea how much money he made. I just thought all comics were poor. And I was like, what? I guess I'm going to be poor for the rest of my life. Who cares? Like, that was my immediate first thought. Uh, was uh, So from there, like, what's so – are you like, I got to do more of this? Uh, like, what's the, what's the process of – like, I am uh, do not know much about it. Like, you do a bunch of open mics, and then you hope to – like, how do you find all that out, and how do you go from, like, one step to um, the next step? I guess I kind of started finding out from se- people at Second City primarily because they were, like, my core group That's of your friends. Community. Yeah. And then just from other comics. I, I would say my first three years, I only got up, like, f- maybe f- six or seven times. Like, because I was I – may- maybe a couple more times than that, but I was, like – so scared of failure more than anything more than getting up on stage i was like scared of like really trying and and failing you know but that's what you kind of have to do right yeah you totally have to and then i got a few years into it and i was still i mean i wasn't doing much stand-up the first three years but i was still doing improv and sketch like like i had multiple shows a week so it's not like i wasn't on stage you You know i wasn't like just sitting around um so i feel like that's that counts towards something um but what was where was i going with this the, kind of the, so the first few years you weren't uh yeah you, i was you just weren't grinding out like stand right up. and then i just kind of had this thought one day i was like i'm i have to either be completely in or completely out because i'm like in at this point in my in my mid-20s which is you know young but i'm like i like i can't just keep wasting my life like one one foot in and one foot out you know, like either I'm going to give this all of my energy or I need to fucking figure out an office job or go back to school or something because it's so because I was like seeing other people around me that were like a lot older 
we've all seen these people and it's really sad who are like half trying and they're like 45, 50. You kind of feel like you're seeing like, your future. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I don't want that to be me. Like, I don't want to be that person who's like, I, I don't know. It's so unfair to, to like judge how people divide their time. But I see a lot of people that are like, rather than like writing or doing mics or doing shows or whatever, they're like, well, I don't know. I, I really want to have a barbecue on Sunday. So I'm like, not going to do anything. And I'm like, but then that's like their six days a week is like not doing anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's Am easy, I making I think, sense right yeah, now? Yeah, I know it's easy to it's easy like there's so many opportunities, but it's easy to not do things in Los Angeles. Oh. Or find so reasons not to, you know. It's easy to make uh, the, the traffic or the parking or, you know, this I don't like performing here because it's blank or it's too cold, it's too hot, whatever the reason whatever is. Whatever the fuck it is, parking. Um it, and here's another thing that happens in LA. I mean, you for anybody listening there's a there's a lot of people being supportive of like if I were to say yeah I just you know I feel like staying home tonight and like if if a friend of mine knowing that I had stayed home the six previous nights that friend would be like yeah you know practice self-care stay home where I feel like in other cities like I mean I only spent seven months in New York but I feel like people kind of hold each other a little bit more accountable at least in the comedy community and this i could be talking out of my ass but this is like just my personal experience i feel like people are more like what you don't need to fucking soak in a bath for two hours you need to get out and hit some mics what the fuck are you talking yeah. about and we're here hitting mics a lot means more like hitting uh getting going up slot, to open mics yeah my open mics or, or you know because mm-hmm. you're you're at a point now where you're where you've toured which yeah. I want to get, I want to uh, get into how, how that works. And you, you have shows, right? Right. Is that the, the difference? Is obviously an open mic. You know, it's a lottery, or you get up there and you sign up, and it's pretty much anyone. But when you do some of the other things, it's like it's uh, you know, a, uh, the show is planned ahead of time, and then there's these certain comics that are performing, right? And right, that's yeah. kind of more where you're at the point now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I have a good mix. Like, I get booked on a decent amount of shows but i also like open mics are miserable but but they're necessary i still i really like going to open mics because you like i'll get on a show and like if i'm on if i'm on a show where the lineup is really stacked and i'm the only person on the lineup without like massive credits i'm not gonna fuck around and try new stuff i'm gonna do all my a material because i want to impress all those other comics or like Sometimes there's a booker in the audience or whatever, any, any number of things like where like a lot of the shows you, I mean, I'll still fuck around and take some chances, but the mics are so necessary to like building up your set and like, and there's no, is is there pressure? There's no real pressure, right? No, there's no pressure at a mic. And if there is, then I, what, then shut that mic down. (laughs) There shouldn't be. Uh, so at what point were you – how far into, you know, you're doing stand-up? Are you like, oh, I'm getting booked or, you know, you've transitioned from not just doing open mics, which I guess technically anyone could do, where you're getting booked? And and how does that kind of – are you like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm kind of moving up the chain or my career is going in a direction at least? Like how long into it right. did that start happening? Um, I think once you're – when you're in the scene – because the f- like the first what like I was saying the first three years I kind of fucked around so then as soon as I started going to mics more frequently you just I don't know you just start getting booked on stuff um and you start learning how to do that which is all like 
it all feels so confusing because there's no there's no right or wrong way to do anything there's no like process and you're just kind of asking people like hey how do i ask for spots without being an asshole and so it's a bit of networking and knowing people and and being you know and knowing that you're not like a crazy person and Uh, also like once you've done some things and you you do well then people start reaching out to you to do shows so then that makes things a lot easier that lightens the load a lot where i'm like half and half right now where like half half my spots are spots I've reached out and asked for and half of them are things that are offered to me so that's like a nice I mean of of course I'd like it to (laughs) tip to the side a little bit more but it's a nice place to be where I'm like okay I'm not like scrambling for spots constantly how you know as a stand-up how often does your like do you ever feel a thing where it's like you know for this show I want I'm depending on how many minutes you do I want all fresh material do you have a thing where you're like or do you just like you'll just have the same set until you have it like where it's just like super tight and then you'll be like, you know what, I'm going to do some new jokes or kind of uh, work that in? Um, it really just depends. It yeah. depends on what the show is. Yeah. It depends on who's there. I get really I get really in my head about other comics because I don't I like for me, the most important thing is that comics that i respect respect me yeah so if i think somebody's really funny and i see them sitting in the crowd at my show if i had like gone in planning to do all new stuff i'll totally throw that out the window and i'm like ah, here comes a material because i want so and so to see me do well i'm not gonna fuck around you know so you're you you kind of maybe have a couple of different options if you 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 can switch gears if you need to yeah yeah um uh, this kind of works into uh what kind of material you do uh you uh, politically uh-huh. are not shy about uh, how you feel about social issues uh right. the current political climate and i concur with you know what i mean like uh-huh. yes i agree with you um but i don't ever i i have never done stand-up where i've had to you know uh kind of voice my opinion in public in front of people uh do do you does that do you use that in your comedy and if you do is it ever like uh kind of uh, divided people or um they've been like i don't like that i don't agree with you like has that ever come in or is that just Um, uh, more online that you kind of that's more online i think i feel like i would i would describe my material more as like sociopolitical it's as far as my stand-up goes i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like address the Trump administration directly, but I might sure. talk about like bigger social issues, sure. um, and not like about specific things, but like we're on Twitter, I'll go off of more like news and things that are more. Um, I'm missing the word right now. Like um, hot button current and topical, topical. more topical. like topical things, uh, and where that that uh, people f- for sure disagree with me. And to do they the ever point, show up to your sh- like because you're essentially. You know, you might be on Twitter mm-hmm. one day, you know, you know, uh, kind of talking about a certain thing and have a strong opinion. And in the next, some of the next breath, you're like, okay, guys, we'll I have a show tonight at uh, <laughs> the improv. I mean, you're using the same kind of megaphone to do both things. Right. Does that, did it, does anyone ever kind of, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, it's a huge world out there, but, you know, there's people that might show up and be like, yeah, you said this thing I don't agree with. Now I'm here to get in your face about it. Yeah. You know what? 
I wonder because I did have over Christmas of all times I had um I got some death threats yeah. for a tweet which was actually kind of ex- Can you <laughs> let us know the tweet up. or I can find it Oh yeah, it. it was just it was right after Katie Rich got suspended from SNL okay, for that yeah. for that Baron tr- uh, uh on the record flawless joke yeah. about that included Barron in the tweet, but it wasn't about Barron. It was right. about what a narcissist Trump is, obviously. But like, people can't read. People, <laughs> I don't even think it's like people can't read, but like... Uh, they read the, what they want the to read, too. people who came after her are people that don't have the ability to like break down sentence structure. And they're like, oh, I see what this is really going on here. And I understand that this is a comedian and that this is a joke they're like how dare this person attack a child because they were fucking she got death threats yeah and then i tweeted after that i said the only reason i don't go after baron is because i want to go after something trump actually cares about which is another comment on trump it has nothing to do with his dead-eyed child who is probably a mute have we we've never seen the kid It, it doesn't look like he's ever talking at all um (laughs) <laughs> I'm really worried about that kid. But like the so then people oh what happened was James Woods found it. He's uh, a fucking Yeah, I know. <laughs> but he and I I didn't know, but he has like half a million followers to my 4000. He's very uh he's very conservative and on, very the, on conservative. that all right tip a little bit. And and just dumb. Like I saw him the other day quote he well he quoted my tweet and then said something about like I don't remember what he said about me, but it was like super aggressive. And then all these, I mean, there was thousands of replies to that. And it was, then people were going, cause I have my website listed on my Twitter. So then people were going to my website and then going to my contact form. And they're like, I'm going to. Then you add them to your email you. list when you have a show and it's really well, great. <laughs> I was tweeting. I was like, Hey, whoever sent me the death threat, it's a bummer that that was anonymous because I would love to get you some comp tickets for yeah. my next show. And then, cause I'm a psycho and I'm like, sure. Just egging this on. So then I started tweeting. I was like, Hey, I'm walking up to my show tonight. It's at IO West. I'm going to be, Walking from my place, and they're like, "Ah, the parking there is. They're like, the parking there is not worth it. It's just like, nah. I'll kill you, rough parking. Yeah, you know what? It's like I do. Trust me, I would like strangle you, (laughs) but I don't want to valet. Even though you get, uh, if they validated it, I O. You know what I mean? You're not. You're not. You're not IO killable. You right. know what I mean? You'll be there someday. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. Yeah, for God's sakes. Um, it's just so. It's so dumb. I mean, it did make me nervous because I. I live alone, so yeah. that's and I walk around my neighborhood yeah. alone. And we'll hand out your address and, and I, where you yeah. keep the spare key at the end of the. At the so Absolutely. make sure you listen to the whole episode <laughs> because if you want to kill her, listen, we're gonna make that happen for you. And the parking's great where you live, by the way, yeah. right? Oh, it's tons so of great parking. Just Uber, lots of parking. We'll give out an Uber code so you can Uber. <laughs> we'll give you a discount code. Code, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, we will get you. We will get you killed. Um, oh well, also, I mean. You know, I don't know. Like, I I don't know if this affects you, but you know, being a uh, a female, mm-hmm. in you know, st- I mean, I'm guessing still a more male, uh, oh yeah, dominated for lack of a better word industry. Um, so you feel like you know between maybe maybe between that and then also being liberal, uh, or liberal minded or whatever, you know, you're and, and you're putting yourself out there. You're challenging people's beliefs. You're 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 you. you you're kind of challenging their sensibilities. So you have a lot of things that could possibly, uh, you know, have pushback. 
um, from you. So I was just curious to like, right. uh, uh, because you also, you don't just perform in Los Angeles, which, you know, it could be a bubble of, you know, like-minded people. Um, but you perform it, you've gone on tour and yeah. you go to other cities. So I, I, I also wonder, do things shift depending, on, does your material shift based on the city? Does how much you're willing to, like how, uh, like are you willing to kind of kind of go there in these other cities that you might not know the climate? If you... I will, um, but I also don't mind if people if people are not going to laugh at me or mad at me or hate me because I will do a bit about like why racism is stupid or whatever then fuck them like I don't care like I'll sit through I'd rather sit through an hour of silence on stage and everyone just straight up hating me than like try to pan- yeah yeah oh I do <laughs> okay but then like Hot. I'd rather do that than like try to pander to people because I'm like the whole I not to be like like blow up what I do or the importance of what I do or what any comic does or whatever but like I I'm like I have this platform and I feel strongly about this. So if I can, in a funny, not preachy way, if in a funny way, if I can be like, hey, it's kind of dumb that you say this and here's why, even if you don't want to fucking laugh at me, if I can just get that seed planted in your brain where you're like, oh, maybe that is kind of stupid that I say that about people or whatever. You just want to make people think. Just Yeah, I just want you to think and I want you to consider it and I don't need you to have like do a 360 tonight and you know decide you're going to change your life and your ways and whatever like just I just want to at least put that in your brain so you're like wait a second. Do you think you have a response I mean part of it do you think you have a responsibility to kind of you know, I, you have a platform, whether mm-hmm. it's online or, or in person. Do you feel like you have a responsibility? Because, you know, there's a lot of people that just won't go there. Right. Whether they, you know, w- no matter what they think, on both sides, like mm-hmm. nobody wants to isolate potential fans or, you know, they, nobody wants to like, oh, I think that's so cowardly. It absolutely I, is. But I, I think I think I have a responsibility to be authentic and to be honest. And I, I don't. But I think. I, I feel like that's what my responsibility is now. I also feel that when you get to a certain level of success where you're like, you've got half a million followers or whatever, if you're still, if you're, if you're, if you have that big of a fan base and you're just being silly and you don't, you, you, if you're Pandery, afraid to take yeah, a sure. stance on anything, and I don't even mean you don't have to, I don't even mean like get up on stage and be like, fuck Trump or whatever. Like, I don't fucking care. You can like Trump. I don't care. But like, do lend your voice to something. Like, get people to donate to refugee rescue programs or whatever. Like, just literally anything. Like, don't. Yeah, then they're going to steal my job, so I don't <laughs> want to do that. Exactly. I just, I have. It just frustrates me to no end when I see people that are like hugely successful and they don't, they don't, it's all self-serving. It's 100% self-serving. I love everything. I love you. Come by my thing. Yeah. And it's like, that's not true. You don't love everyone. You want half of those people to fuck off. And the thing is like, I, if people, I don't, I also just don't have a problem with people hating me. I'd, I'd rather people hate me than be indifferent, you know, because it's a stronger emotion, of course, but it's like. 
I also don't care. There's 7 billion people on Earth. 7 billion people will not like Lisa Curry, for sure. Like, that's, there's, that's, half my family doesn't even like me. Why the fuck would I think that? Why would strangers like like you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, I just don't care. Because, like, and also, odds are anybody that doesn't like me, if, if you don't like me because I think Trump is a piece of trash, I probably wouldn't like you either. So it's not, it's like not a, it's like, okay, cool. Then let's just go our separate ways. So you just, you, know? bre- you just break up with the whole audience. <laughs> it's like, listen, this is, it's, it's not working out. This isn't working. So I'm going to so pack my things. <laughs> for you to go on, because you've gone on a couple, uh, uh-huh. the Walk of Shame tour? Walk of Shame, Shame tour, tour. And then we did Roadkill Comedy Tour. And then I did my first, like, solo yeah. headlining uh, run last uh, October. So, I mean, uh, to me, somebody who's vaguely familiar, but I don't know mm-hmm. what goes goes into that. I think that's a huge deal, you know. I, I mean, I think it's a huge deal, but you know, uh, and maybe it's perception. I don't know, but you you don't go from like oh, I'm going to do two open mics and I'm going to go on tour, right? Right. Yeah. How? What is that trajectory? Um, that was like I went with Dana. The two big um, national tours were with Dana Moon and Jessica Michelle Singleton. And it initially started out that we wanted to do NACA, which is college touring, because there's so much fucking money in NACA. I and still want to do NACA. There's a, there's a like a, a you work with a, you guys don't book it yourselves, right? Or do you work with? We booked everything ourselves. Okay. With NACA, there's like a like you. And what does either, that stand for? NACA. Do, um, national something of college, college of something. activities. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't make it up. Who cares? It doesn't yeah, matter. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm talking to them, not you. I'm okay. not like dismissing you. Um, I don't remember what it is, but it's it's like the thing is the reason we teamed up is because to go to NACA, to go to their convention and like rent a booth and present yourself is like, hey, book me at your college. It's like fifteen hundred bucks or like twenty three hundred bucks or something like it's whatever it is. It's more than any one of us was willing to just shell out on our own. So we were going to do that. And then that seemed like there was like all these weird deadlines that we kept missing. Cause there's like, you, you have to like register by a certain time, but then there's like this short window and then you have to have these things that we didn't have. And it was like, that seemed like too much of a headache. So instead of that, we just booked a national tour. <laughs> so how does that, so you just call like, you just like, Hey, listen, well, we would like to perform at your, and you'd base it on how you could possibly f- get to the place. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a logistics involved right. because you, you can't go from L.A. You know, you can't go from L.A. to New York. You know, it, it needs to follow. Like we're driving. Kind of- right. Well, we mapped out some cities and Jessica Michelle had a couple contacts. Okay. And so, so we you pool your kind we, of resources in a way. Oh, yeah. And we like we worked so fucking hard on those tours. Like it was it was like the amount of work was indescribable. Like I wasn't employed at the time. I didn't have a day job. So I was working every day, all day and night for like three months planning. And Jessica Michelle was working as much. And like, I don't know if she had a day job at the time. I don't think she did. And I think Dana was working only a couple of days a week. So we were all working on this like day and night. Cause you'll like the work isn't even like booking a thing and then getting there. It's like, you reach out to a venue and and you call and somebody picks up the phone and they're like, oh, you the person you actually want to speak with is Bob. And you're like, okay, great. When's Bob in? And they're like, uh, Bob's in on Wednesday from 2 to 4. 
So then you call Wednesday at 2.15, and it turns out Bob died over the weekend. And so then they're like, actually, um, Jessica's going to deal with you. Uh, call her on Friday at 3 p.m. So then you call Jessica, and she's like, you know what? I can't really do this with just uh, – I can't do it without Mark's permission, so let me see if Mark – and you're like, fuck. And then, like, all that, like, keeping track of all the back and forth and everyone you talk to, and it's like it's like 20 phone calls to book one fucking venue. I mean, if – if you book something like the first time you call, that's like you buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, it's insane because we were like booking out all these little like smaller theaters and bar shows and whatever, and we were all we had like a rough timeline, which that's also difficult too because if you're like, okay, I want to go in this, and I'm booking dates for the end of July right now with another comic, uh, Pamela Walt. If you know her, she's like a comedy store girl. She's great. Um, but if you're like, we're going to be gone for these three weeks, we're going to go in this general loop uh, of cities or whatever, you like you can't book, you can't tell somebody in Seattle, we're, we'll take a date the 24th, 25th, or 26th, and then also tell somebody in Portland that. Right. Yeah. You have to like lock one down and then work on the other one or whatever, you know, like, so that, that's stress inducing. But then, and then once you book everything, you have to start promoting everything which is a whole different like that was another thing like we went we really were fortunate because one we all got along and like i trust those girls so much but then two jessica michelle has a pr degree so she knew how to like do like an actual press release and taught us and so we reached out to like every newspaper and every fucking we went we were on morning news in a bunch of cities and I remember like that, radio yeah. so and you don't you don't want to just rely on like bothering the same circle of people on facebook or twitter because no well and also if you're if you're touring across the country like who do i know in salt lake city yeah. no one like we're gonna have to get in the newspaper there or like get on the radio or something because how the fuck else are we gonna promote our show you know and is it so uh, is it i guess financially like how does this impact like to do this tour is the goal to just more spread awareness of who you are or is it to like make a, it's i mean it would be buck. it would be really wonderful if there was just like a ton of money but splitting it three ways was not lucrative but then again we were splitting expenses three ways sure. so like it's kind of a give and take there like um but it was more at least for me and I, th I think for the girls, but I don't want to just speak outright for other people. But for me, it was definitely about doing more time because before we'd ever gone the, on the tours, I'd only ever done one 20 minute set. And I went from that to doing 25 night after night, like 25 to 35 night after night after night. And I got so strong in that short amount of time. Because in L.A., what's your average length? Eight, yeah. eight minutes. I had a I had a show last night and they let me do 15 and i was like mind blown yeah i was like are you sure 15 whole minutes <laughs> yeah but i mean it could be uh, listen if it's if it's if it's not good 15 minutes could be a very long time for an audience member right oh my god yeah, yeah 15 minutes can feel like a fucking eternity <laughs> uh so um but you the walk of shame tour uh-huh was there a like uh, is that just the title or was there some is there any like yeah it was it? just like we thought it would be catchy just and be we like did like all our promo stuff was because it was initially a fourth person but then she yeah right before <laughs> were you gonna say died she, well she either she's, died she's or... alive. uh right before we left she got hired as a writer's assistant um 
so we were like, well, obviously you're going to do that. And then yeah. she was off, um, which which worked out because it turns out there wasn't even enough room. Like by the time we put all of our shit and our merch and whatever in the car, like it was jam packed. But um, so that because we had the fourth person, we had if, at the beginning, we initially did like the Beatles walk of or what Abbey Road. Which thing. I was just at we a did, Oh, oh really? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Abbey Road Studios. Yeah. yeah. We did the Abbey Road yeah. thing, but it was like all in like the morning after clothes. Like, right. you know. And you didn't do it at actual Abbey Road. No, I wish we did. Yeah. Uh, it's it's actually very, d- I, I've yeah. been there, I've been there twice. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to take that picture. I'm sure people that live there are like, get the fuck out of the street. There's just always cars and uh, it's very dangerous, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. worth it. <laughs> if you're going to die, die there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and you did a solo tour yeah now is that make it uh because you like you said like with the when you had two other people mm-hmm. you know you had, like this power trio so you can kind of uh you know kind of um share the uh you know the promotion or the the money the, the expenses or whatever doing it by yourself like what was obviously the benefit is it's like more more eyes on you just you and you're promoting yourself like was it was it what was the the upsides and downsides of just going out by yourself um i said like being like like going being like a coachella (laughs) compared to just like us just going out in your own tour you know what um i it was so fun to tour with the girls and i that was like one of the greatest experiences of my life, but it was better to get out on my own because you just, you, I got to do like 45 to 50 and it's my show and I can do whatever the fuck and I leave whenever I want. And I'm, it's, it's so much easier to find places to crash like with other comics or local like friends or friends of friends or whatever, because it's just me. It's not like, Hey, me and two other people, need to stay with you um so that's a lot easier i don't mind i love driving alone and just listening to podcasts and stopping whenever i want and whatever like i like i i could i feel like i could be on the road for a year alone and it wouldn't bother me at all like i think i would just straight up love it uh is it like the cost of doing that Mm -hmm. i mean i'm just you know i'm just sitting there as a as a lay person just kind of thinking like does it is it a uh do you break even or do you make money or is it is it not really an um, issue or I made a little bit of money but the goal is but not like, like a little bit it's not like um, a cash grab is not it's the goal. definitely not a cash grab yeah. and like even if you're making because you're either doing like buyouts with venues yeah. where you're like you'll do like a bar show and you're like okay pay me 200 bucks and I'm your entertainment for the night and so that's why, the draw like, what yeah I just wonder like uh Pick a random city. Let's just say you're in, you know, New Orleans, or you're in Montana, mm-hmm. or you're in, not in a metropolitan city. Like, what is the or any city? Like, what they're like? Well, we got a ton of talent here already. Why do we need to import somebody from Los Angeles here? Like, what is the? Because I, I think being from New York or LA is, is already a draw. Okay, it's a little bit of a draw because you seem more exciting, and like there's this. You're bringing LA to them in a way. Yeah, there's a perception that you're just 
you're really just fucking killing it. Yeah. Because, like, well, if this person's, like, in from L.A. and they're here, they have to be doing something, right? Yeah, totally. Because you're in the – it's such – and I feel like everyone – if you're if you're starting stand-up in a smaller market, you're definitely thinking of going to either – I mean, Atlanta's been kind of, like, a hot spot lately, like Atlanta or Chicago or Maybe New Austin York or, or L.A. Something. You're definitely not, like, great. Kansas City is for me forever and ever. Like, that's never – that's – I can't imagine that there's anybody out there that just like wants to stay in a small, a small city or a big town or whatever and just do their thing. So like, it just immediately elevates you. So then that that makes you kind of a draw. But then if you're doing like a door deal, I'm Lisa Curry. If I'm in fucking where where was I? Athens, Georgia was one place I did a door deal, and they they were great, and it ended up getting packed because it was like a t- it's a college town, but it's People were coming because it was comedy night. Like, if I'm being completely honest, it was like, oh, there's stand-up. There's a stand-up from L.A. It's not like they were coming out specifically for Lisa They Curry. wanted that Lisa Curry brand. You know, I got to <laughs> yeah. have some of that. I got to yeah. get me some of that Lisa Curry brand. But then the important thing is, like, that you do that, and then I'm, I go, and you're nice to everybody after, and you sell a couple shirts or whatever, and you sit and talk to people, and you're personable with them, and then all of a sudden – you have 10 fans in Athens and then maybe three of them tell friends of theirs like, Oh my gosh, check out this comic. And that, you know what I mean? Like it's so incremental, but it's so important, I think. And I think that's a, it's a nice way to build up an audience, like on a more personal level, you know, it's, I guess it's, you know, being there in, in Athens as, as opposed to maybe seeing you, uh, uh, like on YouTube or if you had like an uh, even if you had like a live album or something like mm-hmm. that like seeing you in person there's like the, the thing where they feel like this connection uh, to you yeah uh, how did the PBS thing happen uh, the PBS thing I was recommended to them by uh, someone at Levity who I've been working with I'm not I'm officially completely unwrapped so if you're out there listening, <laughs> <laughs> and they are, oh, they are. This is this pipes directly into like speakers at APA and uh, Three Arts and all that, right? Oh, it just goes right, and then like this, it's, it, it, it's transcribed <laughs> and it goes right into Variety. It's really great. Yeah, um. perfect. Um, but somebody, uh, this manager at Levity, who's awesome, Rachel Williams, she had recommended me for it because i guess they they came to her and they were like hey we're doing this they have a new docuseries called angelino and they want each episode like focuses on someone else living their life in la and they were like we want one for our uh, we want a comic for one and then uh she had recommended some people and some other people got recommended and whatever and they interviewed me and they liked my story i guess and so they came and they it was so cool and surreal like they followed me around for a week and they interviewed me in my house and they like came to my show and just like followed me around my daily life did you feel any kind of uh, you know when you're <clears throat> when you're performing like you had to like because you know that's happening mm-hmm. did that change anything or you just did your you did your thing no i think the only thing that i was uh, i'm for better or worse i'm myself always i'm not uh i'm not like I'm not really guarded with what I say or uh, calculated or anything. 
the one thing that I was a little bit careful with was they were asking me, like, they were like, we want to get your background story. We want to ask about your family. And my family is super fucked up. And they're like a lot of abusive alcoholics, which I can say in a podcast because, like, my anybody who would be upset about it doesn't understand the the concept of podcasts. Like, my parents don't listen to podcasts. My grandma doesn't. like, Like, I don't need to worry about it. And also kind of fuck them. Um, but I was like, ah, oh, this PBS thing will finally be something I'll be able to show my grandma. So I don't want to be like, when they were like, tell us about your parents. I was like, their parents, um, it was just like a really, and they ended up not putting in really much about my, my family. Like they ended up cutting a lot of that out anyway, but that was the only time I've been like really careful where I was like, Ooh, definitely yeah, don't want to like, yeah, be respectful. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah. it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of be, be it's understandable it's more like i yeah and it's not that i wasn't even worried about being respectful so much because i'm like my parents are assholes okay. they can they can hear me say that they're assholes. i need to hear their side of the story i'm gonna have them on right. next probably and i want to <laughs> compare because i, I like i want to take your word for it because i i know you but i was like let me hear their side of the story right. but then i'm also like uh, then there, then my mom's gonna call me drunk in the middle of the night and scream at me about this. And like, do I need all that stress? Mm. Like, I'd rather just not. Do you, do you talk about your family a lot in your stand up? Do you work um, that in there? I have like a, I have like a chunk about <laughs> them, but I kind of haven't been doing it lately, only because I'm bored with it and right. I'm so annoyed with them that I don't even want to talk about. You don't them even want to give them. You don't want to give them the press. You know exactly. what I mean. You don't want to blow up their clout score or whatever it is. You don't want to give that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. They're clout Don't sponge score. on. They're just spo- I'm very relevant. That's amazing. You, you know what I mean? Like, I you don't want to get their LinkedIn all jacked up. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's next? Like, what would be like, you know, doing a, 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 an album or, uh, you know, uh, I mean, just do the Netflix, just do a Netflix special, obviously. Um, I fuck, I would love to do a Netflix special. I think I'm a little bit out a little ways out from that only because like just like by a month maybe i have yeah but like i'm thinking like next sunday um, yeah yeah, next sunday (laughs) only because like i there's such a big chunk of my material that i just don't that doesn't fit in with the rest of my stuff and that i don't i don't feel any connection to anymore and it's still my stuff that i wrote that i think is funny but i'm like I don't like it enough to record it for all time. So I'm like that I need to build up more material and I need to fix a little bit of what I have. I think my next, my next goal would either be doing late night or selling a show or getting staffed on a show. What about just all three? Why don't you just do all three? I want to do all three. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have, why I don't understand why pick one. Why don't you just do all three? Not in the same day. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Over the course of two weeks or so. Yeah, Maybe. Or of course we're a weekend. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, well, Lisa, thank you for being here. Where can people find you? That was abrupt. Um, you can find me at home. Uh, on, I live on Wilcox. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, parking there is terrible. No, 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 no. Nobody go kill her. Right. Waste of time. The parking there is just, it's not worth Forget it. it. Um, you can find me. This is going to get real corny real fast. So my Twitter that I'm, I love Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it's Lisa underscore Curry. I am. My Instagram, which is like very sincere in the saddest way it's like just my real life yeah. um that's olympian lisa curry and my website is lisacurry.net which is i i try to drive people to my website not because like i don't get any kind of like kickback for it but i 
sell my t-shirts there and there's like some podcasts that i've done on there and like p- you have PBS one coming thing. up don't you according to the pot according to the, the website do you have yeah, a podcast? yeah yeah i have a podcast that's going to be coming up i just have to like i have all the stuff in place i just need to cut episodes together and that is so yeah. the idea of like looking at a computer and figuring out how to do that yeah. is makes me mad i don't well, want to do it <laughs> i'm listen i'm here i'm recording uh at uh nerdist and the nerdist uh, podcast facility um, thanks for thank, that in. yeah no i want to <laughs> thank them for making this uh super cool fun and uh easy and uh, uh thanks for listening if you want to check me out i'm jason underscore horton on twitter yeah do you ever look at the Lisa, get... real lisa curry and you're just like what i think you don't that... even yeah no. Yeah, I don't remember what Lisa Curry on Twitter does, she, but she's like inactive. But the reason I'm Olympian Lisa Curry on Instagram is because there's an Olympic gold medalist in um, Australia named Lisa Curry, and she took Lisa Curry, and I was like, "Fuck you! You're yeah. an Olympic gold medalist. Like, if I was an Olympic gold medalist, I would. That's all I would say to people. I would be like, "Hi, I'm gold medalist Lisa Curry. Like, <laughs> why didn't you just do? Why didn't you just do comedian Lisa Curry?" Because it's so I corny. know, it's so it's corny. It's so bad. And when I see it, when people are like, yeah. You're like ah. oh, my website is comedy, or like, yeah. Jeff is funny. I'm like, no, Jeff is not funny. Because Jeff doesn't understand that that's not okay. Like, <laughs> Jeff. Right.